Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This week we talked about the new uh, Marvel stuff, the new Loki trailer and the new, new Loki clips. We talked about the Venom 2 trailer and we talked about a lot of stuff alongside that. Far too many tangents. A lot of them. Me. Timestamps <laughs> will be listed out in the description if you want to skip a certain part or if you just can't wait to get to a certain part, that'll all be listed out in the description. Follow us on social media. That's all linked down below. Follow me on Twitter and, and TikTok and, and Instagram and all that. Follow Jared on Twitter and, and friend him on Xbox and or Steam. Please, uh, I need I need you to send me some dudes. Buy our merch. I forgot to mention that in the outro, but buy our merch. That'll be listed in the description. Buy a Muscle Rock shirt or a button or a sticker or whatever. Uh, get, get some Muscle Rock in your life. Treat yourself to Muscle Rock. It is an original character designed by moi. I do not remember why or when I made him. All I remember is it was three in the morning and I was on a piece of paper. So, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> and uh, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode, of course. Like and comment, whatever. Ring the notification bell and stuff. And uh, let's just jump into it. Uh, so the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch came out uh, a couple of weeks ago now, like almost three weeks ago. Yeah. No, I watched it. I watched the first episode when I came back, uh, started working again, because that's nothing. I'm back to my old job. Oh, yeah. By the way, welcome back to the show. Hell yeah. It was a long time. I had a whole bunch of fucking like training and stuff, which is weird because I already like had worked there prior. And then like, then they had a second training week for the job I went in for. And it's like, what the fuck? Why was there a, f a first one? I'm not doing this part of the job. Yeah. Training. It's well, training days are weird because I, when I was working at, uh, when I was working at Seeds, it was, it's a weird situation because... It was a job, yeah, but it was also supposed to be, like, educational because we were all, like, high school age. Like, the oldest people working – well, if you don't count the, like, 70-year-old guy that was just there for fun, uh, we were all, like, high school age except for the team leaders. Yeah. We were all, like – like, the oldest people had, like, just graduated. So, like, this was also supposed to be, like, an educational thing. So we had training days that were just, like, learning about ecology – it, that good old like ecology. nature stuff okay like learning you. about like bugs and stuff and trees <laughs> no. some of it some of it was like okay this is what you do on a construction site because we were doing like construction work like learning it like okay so this wood like we, we worked all summer with this special type of wood black locust that was so fucking dense and heavy well that's so a... we had to like learn like you gotta like lift with your back because like one like Wait, I thought it was this? lift with your knees, because, like, your back, if you lift with or your back... Or, no, lift with your knees. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, what I was thinking of was keeping your back straight. There you go. Keep your back erect. But yeah, so this wood was so heavy, we had to, like, learn how to handle it. Uh, so we had, like, training days like that that was, like, actual training, and then we had training that was, like, this is what butterflies do. I don't, like... <laughs> I like to imagine there's a construction site of the people who got the wrong thing from training, so they just sit there looking at bugs the whole time. The concrete's hardened in the fucking, like, truck and everything. It's like, what are you guys doing? It's like, this is what we were told to do. <laughs> Oh, this was in our training. A bunch of like burly men in construction hats with like magnifying glasses looking at like fucking Just like, like the simulations. <laughs> when uh when the actual crew comes in, they're like, oh, we weren't expecting special forces. <laughs> <laughs> 
Someone yeah. with a beyond 11th grade education shows up on the job. We weren't expecting special forces. Oh, I fucking think. My brother, he's gotten into construction. The amount of stuff he's telling me about, like, they have to know about is fucking, like, ridiculous. Like, there's a lot of chemistry in it for some reason. Chemistry. Like, like actual, like, ner- learning what chemicals you can and can't Okay, mix so this isn't, shit. like, getting along with your coworkers. No, like- no, no. A lot of that, they just insult each other and then they do hard work. It's Today like- we're going to learn about chemistry <laughs> and why dating in the workplace is bad, even if you have chemistry. I mean, to be fair, though, the people that work construction, like, they wouldn't date each other because, you know, it wouldn't work out for them. Right. (laughs) They might get lynched by their coworkers. But, (laughs) no, uh, no, he's going on about some of the stuff there, and it's like, why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, the Bad Batch came out. Yes. Star Uh, Wars time. I don't have much in terms of notes, but... Just you know, off the dome. What did you think of uh, what did you think of the the show so far? We got the first. Three. We've seen the first two episodes. Yeah, no, I saw the first three. They had a third one that was like twenty minutes long. Oh, they did. Did I see the third one? It, uh, it's called like uh, replacements. I think I saw it. Um, uh, do you uh, talk about your general thoughts on the show, and I'll look it up, make sure I've seen so all three. I want to go through a timeline as I've seen the episodes of my thoughts. First time I saw it, I woke up at like nine o'clock because I was getting ready to work. I always wake up about two hours early before I go to work every time. And this time I got on my computer because I was like, oh, the new episode's out. I want to see what that's like. So I was an hour and a half and decided, well, this is where my morning's going. I watched it before I went into work, and I watched it when I came back when I was more awake for it, and my thoughts were still the same. Why is it an hour and 30 minutes long? Like, I get why, but why did they make this decision? (laughs) Because after that, the next Friday, they released the second episode, which was 30 minutes long. And it's just... If you're marathoning this, you watch a movie and then, like, a normal Clone Wars-sized episode after that. And it just feels kind of jarring. <laughs> I did kind of like the first episode being that long because it. Well, I mean, they have a lot of stuff they got to go over. And I yeah. get that. It's just, I don't know. It does know. a lot to establish like the situation and um, like who the Bad Batch is. Yeah. Because we got a little bit of it in the Clone Wars. We got like surface level introduction to them. Like this is the big one. This is the smart one. This is the asshole. <laughs> this is this is the, the leader. He can smell stuff, I guess. That's... <laughs> That's like his superpower. <laughs> no, he's got like enhanced senses. Yeah, like he can smell stuff. He's got spider sense, basically. You can, you can, you can smell, smell stuff. St- smells like a Jedi's been around. Ooh. Ooh. Josh is here with food. He's brought food. But, uh, no, I liked it. Uh, I absolutely saw the betrayal a mile away at the end of it. Spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, one of the members of the Bad Batch do go rogue. Oh, um, are you talking about the one that has the inhibitor, the, the inhibitor chip? The, yeah. The asshole? The asshole, Crosshair, uh, yeah. becomes a bad guy. I saw that a mile away because uh, in the trailers, <laughs> if you pause at the right moment, you can see him walk around in his new Stormtrooper armor. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess he's a villain now. <laughs> Yeah, he well, he is also the only one that doesn't really get much of a personality. Yeah, he's just an asshole. 
He's got the best character so arc. He just becomes more mean. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Grobenzi and Josh Stoltz, the, the yeah. man behind it. I want to eat some potatoes. But, um, uh, no, I also want to say I called it on Echo because I remember we talked about this before and I was like, yeah, they're probably Echo's probably going to have his like inhibitor chip removed or something from the operation. Like, no, yeah. no, why would they do no, that? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about Echo, to be fair. Like, I know like, like he was a, he was a clone. Episodes, he was, wasn't but... he one of the ARC troopers? So he's like enhanced. Yeah, he and goes... then he got captured no, no, by no, the no, Separatists. That's the thing about Echo. Like, he starts off in season one. He's in, I think, episode three. He's one of the rookies. They're just basic, like, stormtroopers. Not stormtroopers. Clone troopers. Uh, and he's one of them. He's got, like, a range finder. Oh, I actually have not seen the third episode. You can oh, yeah. spoil it. I don't mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone in it is dead now, except for Echo, but he's like a weird Frankenstein now. So everyone in it died. So <laughs> wait, hold on. In episode three, everyone dies. Okay. In episode three. Spoilers, by the way. Everyone but two people dies. This is uh, episode three of uh, Clone Wars. Like, oh, of Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, not episode three I, of Bad Batch. Okay, they, this, they is, didn't know. this okay. is Bad Batch that I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about Why Echo's would I be talking about story. specifically episode three of the Clone Wars? Because that's when they introduced Echo, who became a fan favorite. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, well, that's what you're being taught. So Echo, Echo starts off as just a generic rookie clone trooper. And then, like, his entire squad gets fucking decimated on their first mission, except for him and Fives. And then they become, uh, like, members of uh, Captain And, and Fives thing. is the one that discovers the inhibitor Fives chips, right? Fives becomes a conspiracy theorist and gets executed by the police state, yes. Hey, hey, he's not a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> he okay? He was right. He's a but... conspiracy truther. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good point. Inhibitor chip truther. But uh, he gets executed by the cops. Camino's flat. So, but uh, so uh, Fives and Echo then become part of uh, Captain Rex's thing, the 501st. And then they show up during the defense of Camino. Oh, you mean the, the legion that slaughtered children? Yeah. Under, uh, <laughs> under the control of the chief child slayer? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the 501st because uh, all of the lore with them goes like, we're the good guys up until like the turning point in which only Captain Rex is still the good guy. Everyone else just murders children and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like even like in the before the, the uh, Disney switch uh, swap over, like you can see in Battlefront 2, the original one. Uh, they have a whole campaign called the 501st Journal in which, like, they go yeah. on about all the war crimes they committed and yeah, shit. Yeah, I was, I was telling it's Haley like, oh about God. this. I was telling Haley about this. The the Battlefront 2 came out... Uh, 2006. Like, uh, yeah, 2006. So this was, like, before Disney bought Lucasfilm. This was before um, all of that stuff became Legends. Like, this was, like, the old canon. Yeah. And this was before, I believe this was before inhibitor chips were introduced as a concept. Like in Attack of the Clones, they were like, oh, you know, the the clones are, um, they're bred to be fighters and they're programmed to be obedient. But we didn't have any, um, you know, solid, like, I guess, explanation for what was going on with them. Yeah, because like the original idea for the clone troopers was that they were just extremely loyal to Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, and... uh, when order 66 happened, it was, it wasn't that they were like mind controlled 
to do it. It was more that they were brainwashed to be loyal and they were just following orders. They all knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like that's why like in, during like those like pre clone wars and all that stuff time, the st- clone troopers are more like, well, did they know ahead of time that order yeah. 66 was going to happen or did they just know that it could happen? No, they it, absolutely knew like at some point it was going to happen and they had constantly prepared for it, which is why like, uh, like they were, they were alerted like ahead of time, basically like this is the plan during like this point in the war, we're probably going to do it. Okay. So like they knew like when they were on Felucia, they were going to execute a Layla, uh, Sakura. Like, they so, knew that, like, ahead of time. They knew they were going to kill all their, their generals and shit. Yeah, I think that makes it more tragic. Oh, yeah, no. Because they can't just be, like, numb. Gross. They can't be, like, numb and asleep for it. Because it seems like it's, like, you know, like, Winter Soldier style, like, you know, someone takes over the driver's seat. And, you know, you're just, you're not in control, but like in the old canon where it's like, no, these are just loyal clones. Like they, uh, there's one of my favorite comics is actually a story of, uh, one of the Mandalorians. Cause in the old, uh, canon, uh, how they trained the clones is that they had Mandalorians coming and do it. Cause they all had, they were like the warrior, like experts and shit. One of the uh, one of the Mandalorians, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy with the golden armor. You're like you'll see pictures of him sometimes when you look up like Mandalorians. But uh, he actually had this whole commando unit that he basically adopted as his kids. So it's like teenage root ninja turtles, basically. But uh, they actually they knew they were gonna kill the Jedi and stuff, and they went rogue because one of the clones actually like fell in love with the Jedi. They were like going to assassinate and yeah. shit. So this guy, he like raised these clones, basically. Oh yeah, no, this guy, like, he, do you think it would he be adopts them into his family? They become wow. Mandalorians and shit. So do you think it would be easier or or harder to raise a bunch of clones? Because like mean, they age fast, so it's yeah. like happy fifth birthday, son. You're a man now. <laughs> You're a man. You have to take responsibilities. It's like the it's like the Chad Wojax is just yes, <laughs> the virgin normal five year old that <laughs> the virgin shits his Boba pants. Fett versus the Chad generic clone. <laughs> hey, you know I'm I you're you're three and a half now, son. You should learn how to you know handle it's time yourself. Time for you in to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> what are you contributing to this to this household? You've been you've been alive for a whole two years now. <laughs> year old emo stormtroopers walking around <laughs> but yeah no i like what they do with the bad batch i like the re-inclusion of tarkin because there's like history with him and echo because he's basically the guy that killed echo oh yeah <laughs> like he went on a rescue mission to save echo and then echo died on it so it's like fuck this guy <laughs> i love how a lot of um like the prequels served as like uh you know fleshing out anakin's character obi-wan's character like all these people the prequels are like designed to flesh out all these characters like Anakin, you get like his backstory, you see him like grow up and stuff and and you start to like become more like attached to him and Obi-Wan, you get, you know, more, uh, you know, you get more of his character. You see that like, he's been like in love and everything. And, and when it comes to Tarkin, it's just more, (laughs) he's just, there's just more reason to love that he dies in, in a new hope. I love Tarkin because he's one of my favorite villains because he's just so evil. (laughs) 
Like, only one man is, like, evil enough to bitch slap Darth Vader verbally, and it's Admiral fucking Tarkin. Yeah, every appearance that he's in, it's not like, oh, you know, he does have a heart, or he does have feelings. <laughs> no. It's just, oh, this guy is an asshole. In, in the Clone Wars, in the Citadel arc, this guy This guy um, commits war crimes. He's the Admiral of Evans, which is, like, the other Yoda guy's, uh, like, military, and he's, like, the most just... Like, okay, you know Stalinism, where it's the idea of if we throw more meat to the grinder, it will stop working so we can break it like that? He does that with clone troopers. He's like, they're not human, so fuck it. Just keep throwing them to the wall. Yeah. He is so evil. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of makes him look soft in A New Hope. (laughs) Yeah, in A New Hope, all he does is annihilate a planet. (laughs) What, you only... he, He only exploded one planet? Yeah. He was gonna destroy Yavin. In fact, he was like really itching for that. He's like, just do it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but anyway, more about the Bad Batch. Uh, so they introduced uh, Omega, who was the uh, the first female clone. Oh yeah. And I can't wait to see what uh, uh, blue check marks on Twitter say about that. Apparently, there's a lot of like anti SJW types, like. Like, real Star Wars fans. Oh, like quartering and shit? Yeah, like, oh, this isn't, this, this is SJW progressive uh, propaganda. (laughs) It's a little girl. It's, yeah, it's literally just another clone. Like, okay, so this, this show is about a team of clones where one is... Uh, basically like Spider-Man, but without his coolest powers (laughs) and one that's like really smart and one that is a computer (laughs) and, (laughs) and one that shoots good. And these are all like genetic anomalies and stuff, but they're like, they're working with it and they're making the best of it. That's, that's what this show is about. Right. But it's so hard for them to wrap their mind around the possibility that one could be female. Yeah. It's not a New Zealand man. How could it be a clone? It's only a New Zealand small child that is female. What what happened to Star Wars? This isn't the Star Wars that I grew up with that's 90% male and it barely passes the Bechdel test. I don't even know if it does actually. Yeah, no, all Star Wars doesn't pass the Bechdel test because most of the protagonists are, like, male roles and shit. Yeah, well, maybe, like, the the Clone Wars, I'm sure, does, but the prequels, I'm not sure about. The original trilogy definitely doesn't because there's, like, two women, and they're they're in the same room once. Mm -hmm. What is the Bechdel test? Uh, It's the, uh, can can a show hold up? Uh, like a piece of media hold up on its own if you remove all the male characters from it. it so the, the criteria for the Bechdel test is um, are there two or more women? I think it, I think it's supposed to be three. So like it, whatever it's, it's supposed to be like two or more women in the movie or TV show or whatever piece of media. And they have to talk at least once, I believe, or whatever number they have to talk to each other about something other than a man yeah pretty easy you'd think nope a lot of a lot of classic movies and even stuff that comes out today just does not fit that it doesn't meet that standard 
Like, it's weird, though. Like, you think it would, but I don't know. Like, you, I noticed that the other day. I was thinking of, like, hold on. Talk into, the, talk into the microphone. You're away from it. It's not going to pick I you was, up. I was trying to think of, like, things like plots and movies and stuff where it could work. And it's like, oh, no. Like, they mentioned this guy at some yeah. point. <laughs> well, a lot. Of, well, hold on. I... I want to get ahead of this because a lot of people like as if people listen to this, but like the, the response to this kind of like discussion is like, well, you just want to change all of the classic movies and make them worse just for your SJW uh, agenda. It's agenda. not difficult. It's not difficult to just rewrite a little bit of a script or a movie to to make it pass the Bechdel test to just include women to to any degree, yeah. And a lot of people act like, oh, you're just you're trying to rewrite history. It's like literally, this is all made up. <laughs> just make up something a little better. I mean, like uh, everyone's basically rebooting everything. I don't see the fucking point in like getting mad about if they do it this way. Yeah. I just hate fucking reboots. I'm getting sick of it. I hate the, Only the idea. Reboot. I hate the idea of the all female reboot, but not for the reason that most people do. I hate it because that's like the female ghostbusters with like the, the people from SNL and it's it is so obviously just a shitty cash grab too. It It is just a cash grab, but it also is what people think of when they hear like anyone talk about like the Bechdel test or like including women in movies or like just casting women in like traditionally male roles or at all. Yeah. Like the idea of the Bechdel test basically is like give the, a female character a purpose outside of like being in love with a guy basically. Yeah. Like that's the most basic way to say it. it's like, like movies like like Mother would pass the Bechdel test because like the whole point of that isn't oh she's trying to escape the crazy robot because she wants to find her husband or some shit like that's because yeah. she wants to escape the crazy robot. <laughs> and, yeah, and as much as we love action adventure movies like oh, they you know pass. the Mummy or yeah or <laughs> or Big Trouble in Little China, the women in those movies only exist in the context of another male character. I you're doing Eve dirty. She, she, Evelyn dirty. She exists because she basically is the cause of the entire well, movie. <laughs> okay. Evelyn in the mummy is definitely better than a lot of examples. Like she, she does like her main goal is she's the, the damsel in distress, but she also, like, yeah. you know, she reads from the book of the well, dead. Yeah. She can like, <laughs> she can read like hieroglyphics. Yeah. And that's just like on top of, her yeah. existing primarily as a love interest. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd say it was a bit better in the sequel. I don't know if you've seen The Mummy Returns yet. I haven't seen it yet. I plan kinda, to. I, I I like The Mummy. The Mummy Returns all right. I don't really like anything after that. The Mummy Returns is more kid-friendly, just a heads up for that. So don't, don't expect the same like roller coaster of what the fuck that the first one had. I hope there's... Like three hundred percent more, the guy opening his mouth and controlling a bunch of sand. It's a. It's not okay. So there's not more of it, but it's also not the same. Not okay. I'm just gonna let you know that they they do do stuff like that, and it's still just oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> now the second mummy is. Uh, they add more characters to it. Uh, an entire new f villain faction to fight. 
and also they uh they just make the whole series a bit weird i don't know how to Weir- say weirder like i don't want to spoil some of the plot twists from the new from the the mummy returns it's just it's a fucking ride man <laughs> they go on an airship at one point <laughs> so yeah you should watch it you're in for a treat <laughs> i will i will in, in the next couple weeks all right i want to i want to just describe it like this if the mummy if big trouble china is just the mummy on crack the Mummy Returns is the mummy if someone who was on crack described what the mummy was to you. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I love it. So um, anyway, do you have any more to say about the Bad Batch? Because I don't yes. think I have much more analysis on I it so far. I am a complete sucker for the whole, like, friend becomes a villain because of mind control shit. I always like that kind of stuff. Like, it's in a lot of movies and books. I enjoy, like, it's... uh. It's in the Aragon books. It's in fucking like, uh, I'm trying to remember all the other ones. There's a whole bunch of them, but I always love that kind of trope. I don't know why. It's just like a a classic villain kind of thing that I I don't want to ever lose. (laughs) Like it's lazy, but (laughs) gets the work done. (laughs) But uh, I know it's a great show. I love it. Just wish the episodes had a consistent time frame. It it just feels weird that it's just... An well, hour and 30 minute log pilot. Yeah, I was going to say your earlier. your 22 minute sequel. <laughs> I was going to say earlier, I like that the first movie, we got really sidetracked when I was making this point earlier, but I like that the first yeah. one is like movie length because it does reintroduce us to not only the Star Wars universe, which I mean, I you and I don't need much in terms of reintroduction to that because oh, yeah, like we're we're plugged not. in, <laughs> but it also reintroduces you to the uh, to the Bad Batch and you know, who they are, how they work as a team, and you get more about them individually, which you don't get in the Clone Wars. So, and and also Order 66 happens, and there's the fallout from that. So I, I appreciate them taking their time to tell that part of the story. And I do also think that the other episodes being shorter, you know, one being 20 minutes, like if it... If it needs to be 20 minutes, that's all it needs to be. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that they don't feel the need to, like, hit like a half hour mark or a 45 minute mark or whatever. Yeah. No, like I'm saying, I don't mind it. I just think it's weird when you're like, you're looking through and it's like, why are all these things so inconsistent? Yeah. Well, for a series, uh, for like a season of TV, especially one like this. Yeah. This one though, since it's a streaming thing, they can have any length. Yeah. Like I'm all for that because it reminds me of like old days of YouTube when people would make like machinimas and stuff. Yeah. And you'd start off with like, this is a five minute episode that ends with like a two hour fucking journey. <laughs> yeah. But what I was what I was saying though is like when you're reading any story or watching a story or whatever, the uh, the different story beats, like act one, act two, and act three, and each like sub like beat in that isn't going to be the same length if it was it would be boring yeah and with this uh, season of television like this especially i guess one where like it's not just like episode one is this wacky adventure and episode two is this like it's a a continuous story it it does help serve like the the pacing it makes the pacing better when it's not all the same length because like act one is going to be a different length from the act three. Yeah. 
and like episodes like one, two, and three are going to be like act one. And then this next few are going to be act two. And each section of that story isn't going to be the same length. Yeah. No, I get what you're getting at. However, I do want to point out another thing about Bad Batch that really bothered me. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but they have a character from Rebels' origin story in it. Oh, uh, yeah. In the, in the first Jairus. episode. Yeah. Uh, they didn't change his voice actor. Also, he's twelve in it, so I was wondering why this twelve-year-old was was sounding like he was (laughs) thirty. He sounds like he's fucking fifty. It's like you're being generous. (laughs) Haley and I joke about this in Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton's son, Hamilton Junior, is like Philip is like nine years old. Hamilton Junior. It's it's his ninth birthday, and he's played by like a six foot four grown-ass man hello father he's like sup dad i just turned nine i can read and write now you know Isn't that reminds awesome? me of you know the uh you ever see bench warmers no okay yeah, so yeah uh, we watched it yeah it's the, when did we watch it it's about the uh the kids that get bullied and they make a football league because they're no, one of their friends football. i mean baseball league because one of their friends dads is like rich or something <laughs> guy's like a super nerd he owns like a fucking like robot like butler. Adam Sandler movie. Well, Adam Sandler's not in it, but all of his friends are in it. Yeah. And like the guy from Napoleon Dynamite's in it. Yeah, he plays an idiot. Like at the end of the movie. And, like, I. The guy that's afraid of the sun. I yeah. have not seen it. You have. I've watched it with you. I don't remember, <laughs> but anyway, go on, Jared. At one point, uh, one guy doesn't like the fact that his baseball team's losing to a bunch of nerds, so he brings this, like, fucking guy that just got out of prison or something in, and he's like, hey, 50 bucks, let this guy play. He's 12. <laughs> and he's just like, this very clearly 32-year-old. <laughs> right. Like, he hands him, like, a picture. It's like, this is my birth certificate. It's just a picture of him. And in crayon, it says, I'm nine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So it is, it's played for laughs. Then it's not like this was the only actor we could get. Yeah, no, no. It's it's, okay. it's a joke thing. But it, every time I see those things, like, it's like, this is a kid. And it's like a 50-year-old man. I just constantly <laughs> think of that scene. Where it's have like, you, yeah, it's a kid. <laughs> have you seen Walk Hard? Uh, the Dewey Cox story. I think so. That sounds familiar. It's the it's like the musical biopic parody movie with uh, John C. Riley. I think I've seen it. It's so good. I you should watch it if you if you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, you too, the listener. But in that movie, it's uh, it, it it's like you know a music biopic, but it's like a, a, a parody, parody, whatever. Yeah. So it you know obviously starts off with Dewey Cox as like a like an eight-year-old right and he's played by like a like an eight-year-old actor yeah and then it's like flash forward he is 15 or he's 14 years old he's at the uh you know school talent show he has like a little band formed with his classmates his classmates are all like 15 16 like they're like that age like they're they're high school age and it's john c (laughs) riley and and his mother's there and she's like oh my boy all grown up oh i can't (laughs) believe you're 14 years old now he's like yeah mom i'm 14 and i'm i i'm gonna go out there and try my best i'm only 14 i'm only and it's grown-ass john c riley Oh, it's like the and like, then and then later on, it's like I'm o- I'm only 15 years old. I got my girlfriend, like him and his 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 girlfriend in the movie, like get married and have a baby, and they're like supposed to be 15, but they're you know played by John C. Riley and the 
oh, what's her name from from Saturday Night Live? I don't I don't know, but oh, there's so many fucking people on Saturday like, Night Live. All I can remember is John Mulaney. <laughs> And then they constantly reference like, oh, you left me your 15 year old housewife, whatever. Like, I love it's that so like much. I love that whole clear. movie. It does these tropes and like makes fun of them. And I, I just, I love it so much. Yeah. No, I like, I like movies that mess around with tropes like that. It's always fun. I like it when, uh, I wish, when movies... I wish Spider-Man, I wish Sam Raimi's Spider-Man did, did that, that where it's like I can't believe Flash that Thompson, I am a 12 year old boy punches <laughs> hole through wall I'm a 12 year old MMA fighter I wouldn't want to be with me either or what did he say I wouldn't want to fight me neither I wouldn't want to fight me neither. I wouldn't want to be with me neither <laughs> Damn. no I wish Peter Parker was like you know 30 year old Tobey Maguire like wow I can't believe that I uh, 15 year old Peter Parker got bit I'm by the 15 spider year old Peter Parker and fighting 15 year old flash tub a cage match but I'm only 15 <laughs> he says with a five o'clock shadow looks back what <laughs> I want okay so you know how Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are supposed to show up in Spider-Man No Way Home yeah I really hope that, like, obviously they're it's both crazy. Gonna be we're aged all the up. same age. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, like Toby Maguire is going to be like aged up because you know he's aged up in real life. But <laughs> I really want it to be like I, you know, I'm only I'm only 19 years old now, and he's got a full beard. He's got <laughs> he's got like salt and gray. pepper hair. It's like I'm only 15 years old. Oh my god, have you seen Invaders the movie? I have not. Okay, there's a part in the beginning where uh, they have an anime-style opening and shit. It's all, like, played for laughs. It's like JoJo stuff. And there's a part where Dib introduces himself. He's like, I am Dib Membrane. It's like this big, muscular, like, 35-year-old man. It zooms on his face, and it's like, and I'm only 12 years old. <laughs> and it's like, God fucking damn it. It's like, ex that. I want that, but it's a movie. <laughs> I want a bunch of 12 year olds to just be jacked like Jojo characters. <laughs> so anyway, the bad batch came out. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's a great Watch show. It. Watch it. Watch it. If you have Disney plus, <laughs> I love it. When we go, when, uh, when you let me go off into tangents that just result in just the most <laughs> weird fucking like line of thought. And then it, you just bring it back in and it's nothing related to what we said. <laughs> It, you know, it doesn't help with the episode <laughs> length because I do try to keep them closer to like an hour as opposed to three or four. Just cutting but out entire tangents. It's like, why it is does, this only five minutes? It does help fill out the clips channel. Hell yeah. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for clips. <laughs> so uh, next up, do you want to talk about the Venom 2 trailer or the Loki yeah. trailer first? Uh, I want, let's talk about Venom because I love Venom. Right. It's one of my favorite like comic book anti-heroes. Uh, we literally just watched that again, and I still don't know what the hell he's saying in the beginning of it. You made a good point. Venom, for some reason, is now Arnold Schwarzenegger, the uh, you know, the Terminator. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I I like what they're doing when they're with their whole like we're gonna introduce Carnage into it, and apparently also Toxin from the, from yeah. the looks of it, or at least introduce his host no you know what i like speaking of the uh the the introduction of the trailer i love the the odd couple dynamic that they have because nice. I, I haven't seen the first venom but i have heard you describe it to me of course 
but it's a very dirty man. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love how like trid okay so tra- tra- traditionally in in adaptations of like the symbiote storyline, it, it, Venom's like this like toxic like alien like substance and he's supposed to be like a metaphor for drugs or something and he's and it like turns you evil but i love how in this in this universe it it's just this companion like this just guy that just attaches to you and like at first it's like oh i got all these scary powers and i like eat people now when i have this thing on me and now it's just like eddie brock is it's it's seven in the morning (laughs) he's He's so tired Venom probably kept him up all night, like talking to him, like, what you what you thinking about? Hey Eddie. What hey, you Eddie. thinking about? Eddie, Venom, it is Eddie. three in the morning. Eddie, I threw up. Eddie, I threw up. Oh no. <laughs> the whole skeleton in the corner. And then it's the morning. Venom, I'm sure, doesn't sleep, so he's up. <laughs> And he is making he's trying to make breakfast for for his best friend. And Eddie's just like this is going to be so much to clean up. There's fire everywhere. The whole kitchen's in disarray. <laughs> Ta-da. Ketchup? What? <laughs> <laughs> like if that's what he does to a bottle of ketchup, Jesus Christ, what he can do to a whole man's skull? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh... So, no, yeah. I, I like that, though, because that's a dynamic, though, that the comics don't really explore because Venom's usually just the generic bad guy. Right. But, like, in I Lethal Protection... <laughs> evil. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a metaphor for drugs, probably. But in, like, uh, in like Lethal Protector and Ancient Venom and stuff, they uh, they go more in I depth want an Agent his... Venom uh, adaptation. I want that in the MCU. That'd if, be really If they're cool. not going to integrate this version of Venom... I want them to do Agent Venom. (laughs) Agent Venom is, he's great. Flash Thompson without legs is great. They they nerf the character, (laughs) they really do. Yeah. Even though he he mostly punches, he doesn't really kick much, so I don't know why they did that. Take his arms. I want a superhero now that's just, he has no legs and he's wheelchair bound, but he's got super strength and he just punches people. (laughs) Charles Xavier, but the school doesn't work out, so he puts all of his work into 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 lifting. He just like there's just a part where the like the cops they can't get those bank robbers in time. No one's fast enough. Gets in his wheelchair. Watch me. Just <laughs> <laughs> there's this there's this guy. Um, he's on TikTok. I think he's on YouTube. But he uh, you you might have seen him. He he has no legs. Uh, so he just kind of like, he has a wheelchair, but sometimes he just like walks on his hands. <laughs> oh my God. I want that, but it's like these buff, huge arms. <laughs> like a gorilla like, walk. <laughs> like, uh, like in SpongeBob when he gets the big arms. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sobulba coming through. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine like, you know, there's like a, a bank robber. You're like stealing like some like $50 in change because it's a shit bank. You're in Detroit, by the way. I feel like I should add that. Then you just hear like plap, 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 and you turn around. This is the guy walking on his hands. He's got no legs. <laughs> it's like, stop right there, criminal scum. He gets the same number of like points for the skill tree, but he doesn't have the branch that is legs. <laughs> so he puts all of that into arms. Okay, what if like he's got these giant, like meaty arms? Like they got muscles on top of muscles and stuff, but Big his legs are underdeveloped. Meaty arms. He's got underdeveloped legs, so they just dangle like two little like, like little like thingies. <laughs> Dr. Octopus. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> <laughs> you see the legs just like wiggle a bit. <laughs> 
Oh god, we have an idea. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make upper body strength the new superhero. <laughs> he it'll be like the uh, the One Punch Man origin story. He's this strong because it's how he works out. <laughs> uh, it's like the body of the the robot guy from Invincible. Yeah, <laughs> but but his arms are jacked. Oh. God. So he has, he invested half of his skill points in intelligence and the other half in arms. Yeah, that fucking robot guy gives me the creeps, though. I like the design of the character, but everything he does is just so fucking weird. I want to see more of it. Anyway, I want to talk about more Invincible a little bit later in, yeah. in recommendations. Let's but get back to the other superhero. Anyway, Venom movie. 2. So yeah, uh, Liquid Latex, the superhero. <laughs> uh, Gimp Suit Man. Gimp Suit Man. <laughs> I hate that. No, but uh, so yeah, they uh, they're doing Carnage. Haley, which... you can laugh out loud if you want. It, it'd be nice to have a laugh track. I'm your personal laugh track. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so they're doing Carnage, which is nice. Seem I I I don't know if it's too soon or not though. Like that's the weird thing. Like Venom's existed with Eddie for think, a whole movie think now, so Venom was too soon because like <laughs> Spider Man doesn't even exist. Yeah, Venom. I, yeah, I wanted to talk state. about that. I really wish that Spider Man could be involved with this because they kind of wrote him out entirely. Because if Spider Man doesn't have the symbiote before Eddie Brock, what's the point of him being involved at all? Yeah, because like that's like, the whole like tie-in. Like Venom like learns from Spider-Man and stuff, and and Eddie like has a grudge against Peter. So you know they kind of work together in that like common goal, and that's how yeah. Venom has like Spider-Man like powers. And that's the thing though about like Venom and stuff. Like he's not evil in the comics he's just kind of like neutral he's just doing stuff to survive but his main goal is that he wants to bond with spider-man again right because like you know like powerful spider-man and it, and it also Venom. has to do with like the Try compatibility the compatibility <laughs> yeah because like my understanding is that the way that agent venom works is like eddie brock isn't the perfect host for venom yeah at least traditionally and venom he seems to be perfect but uh <laughs> You know that whole odd couple thing, but yeah. uh, but Flash Thompson. My understanding is that he is like the perfect host for for Venom. So they just kind of mesh, and he can like control it. Actually, yeah, it's not like Venom's taking control of your body. You just kind of work together. Also, like in Agent Venom, though, like they they have Venom kind of like on a leash the whole time. Like sometimes he takes control and becomes like no feral Venom, basically. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting how they do it. Because it's not like they're, like, like neutering Venom, basically. They're just kind of like, hey, don't do that. Here, here, have a treat. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, it's it's like training any animal. Yeah, except the animal, like, you know, can uh, become your legs and also eat your neighbors. <laughs> it's like if a bear was ten times as powerful and, and could eat clothes. you in one bite. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also your clothes. Man, Venom's kind of a weird concept. Why are my clothes alive? Oh, wait. <laughs> I do like, though, in the Venom trailer, uh, how they, uh, the whole Mrs. Chang thing from the end of the first one. Because, like, at the end of the movie, Venom, like, transforms and kills a guy inside, like, the convenience store that she yeah. works at. And uh, now they are, like, her, like, fucking, like, <laughs> mob boss, like fucking muscle man she's like <laughs> she gives them chocolate so she can be protected and i just i love the idea that 
that's all it takes. <laughs> I was like, I have a supernatural protector, but I have to make sure he gets his shipments on time. <laughs> like, but I'm a, a weird mob boss now. It's great. Like, but anyway, I wanted I wanted to mention this. So, like I mentioned, I wish that Spider Man was able to show up, but um, it does seem like there's some like references um and like connections to different franchises like the uh, the daily bugle logo that's the one from the raimi movies i believe the uh, the avengers are referenced in a newspaper headline at one point yeah. so like i don't know like i i know i know marvel like kevin feige has been like trying to keep Age. it distance He's been like trying to be like, okay, like this is not in the MCU, but like maybe if it makes enough money, um, if Sony can play ball and Amy Pascal is like, it's a junction, whatever the fuck that means. Junction. It's yeah. It's like, it's in the universe, but it's not like in the universe. It's, it's like, you know, no, (laughs) The but yeah, so what do you mean if they wanted to and i don't i don't know like what their goals are with the franchise but if they wanted to it seems like they could integrate it some like they could just retroactively say like oh this is in the raimi universe or oh this is in the uh amazing spider-man universe you know venom and, and they could integrate that into no way home Watch as they just and that draw. could be the avenue that they take venom into the mcu with what if they just throw a complete curveball and say it's part of the emissary of hell universe <laughs> japanese spider-man he universe. shows up he's like venom <laughs> like who are you <laughs> fucking mech suit comes down from the sky i tell you what uh, speaking about that, I want to go on a little tangent. I'm so happy though. Spider Verse made uh, Japanese Spider Man completely canon. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if they're gonna add him into the sequel movie. I wish that they I wish do, they would. But he is in the sequel comic, and he actually brings the fucking mech suit too, <laughs> which is I love that because it comes from like fucking like that Power Rangers time thing. And apparently, no, this is pre Power yeah. Rangers. We have to say that every time we mention Japanese Spider Man. Inspired I didn't know the that, Power and that Rangers. makes it even more insane. Why the hell do they give him a giant robot? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just want to know the logic, because it's like, we're going to adapt this to a Japanese audience. What are they like? Fuck it, big robot, it's I like, guess. <laughs> it's like that meme, trade offer. <laughs> trade offer. You get only one web shooter, but you also get a mech suit. You also so. get Leo Plurodon. <laughs> And also the title, Emissary of Hell. <laughs> Spider-Man. It's such a fucking... Like, if I could make an ideal... I don't know. I did not mean Why are the army What are you here? doing? Why? Why did you bring the army to us, Haley? <laughs> My phone is really laggy sometimes. Your phone has a direct things, line to the army. It doesn't click on the right thing sometimes. <laughs> So anyway, Jared, you were saying? What was I saying? I don't know. We were talking about Leo Pluridon. Do you want to listen back and see what we were talking about? Nah, it's fine. I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't anything important. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, like the Venom trailer though, they show a lot of things like uh Ricky Gervais shows up in it. <laughs> I told you that's not him, but it does look like him. It looks exactly like Ricky Gervais. It also, looked it looks like, like Venom's going to vore him, so I guess there's that. It looked like um, American Ricky Gervais. 
Okay, like, I know Ricky Gervais is British, but he's basically American. No, I don't claim him. I mean, it's like, Canada's gotta take Justin Bieber, so... Justin Bieber is from Canada. Yeah, but it's only fair. (laughs) We have a lot of... Okay, we have... (laughs) Who do we have? We have Paris Hilton. We have... Why the uh, fuck is why is there I don't a know. city over here? I don't know. I don't know why she was the first one that I, I well the first one that I thought of was Donald Trump, but I thought that would be hacky. Hacky. All right, SNL, calm down. <laughs> but anyway, oh, we got a. I wish you. I wish you. Other okay, evening. I wish you were Elon on Musk. last week's episode because I I really wanted to hear what you had to say about Elon Musk on SNL. Oh my god, I fucking called it. I just want to say that. I knew it was going to be a dumpster fire. No one can meme on Twitter and then do stand-up comedy. Yeah, you can be like you can be good at one of them. I'm an excellent shit poster. I would never go in front of an audience. Though. <laughs> it's like that's just they require jokes that I cannot give them. <laughs> but uh yeah. So no. anyway, the Venom 2 trailer. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm still thinking about how one man's appearance on like a weird overnight show completely killed an entire industry of investment. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it did. Like, I feel bad because I have a lot of friends that do Dogecoin and like, you know, like they got a lot oh, of yeah. money from it. But oh yeah, like like Cam fucking shit. Jake was telling me that Cam put forty dollars into it and then it turned into like two hundred fifty. Now it's probably like twenty five. Yeah. I had a there's a guy that won the lottery at Wesco. He had he got fucked over on his taxes, but he still had money over. So he put it into like investment so he could get money back. And one of the things though is he put it into Dogecoin. Oh, he was like he, he put saw all it, of it into Dogecoin. A lot of it, not a all lot. Of it, okay, because you like, can't. It, you gotta diverse. You gotta diversify your portfolio. No, this is where it gets depressing though. And one, I know words. the day of the Saturday Night Live viewing, he came into Wesco earlier that day and was like. Yeah, no, it's the crazy man, the Elon guy. He's like, yeah, just invest in Dogecoin and shit. It's like he's got a right idea. That thing's gone up so much. He's gonna be on e- uh, SNL tonight. It's gonna watch. It's gonna skyrocket. Part and of me, part the of me, next thinks, morning. Part of me thinks that Elon Musk knew what he was doing with that. He was just because he was. <laughs> I think he knew what he was doing, where he was like hyping it up to get the value to rise, and then it's like, oh, we gotta like buy into this, and then, um, then you know, it's like hyped up. And then he goes on SNL, it tanks, and then he can like buy it all up. And then he can and then he can just do the cycle over and over again. Cause people will hang on every word that he says for some reason. Well, that's the thing, and then did then you he... did you see did you see that he tanked? He personally tanked the value of Bitcoin. Yeah, no, that's because he, he, he said that he was gonna he said that he was thinking of selling. So what I what I hear when I see that is oh he's thinking of buying but he wants the value to be low. Yeah. So he's going to say that he's selling when really he's trying to buy up all the shit that you're selling off because he said. Yeah. But another thing though look is like he keeps going on about how he doesn't want like uh coins used with Tesla and how like it's not like what's the words he said? He like, was accepting they aren't compatible or some shit. No, he was well. He was saying that it's too volatile, which yeah. is which is why uh, I believe Steam stopped accepting Bitcoin as payment because it's like one day you're paying 
you know, $60 for a game, $60 worth of Bitcoin. And then it turns, it turns into $15. It could could either, it could either turn into $500 or 50 cents. I bought $500 worth of games on steam and then Bitcoin tanked. And now they're all five cents. Stonks. (laughs) That's yeah. (laughs) But it's like, but the fact that one guy can just decide to deflate bit, uh, Bitcoin. Shit, man. One guy can decide to deflate the entire economy. Like, it, it all fucking... Okay, usually uh, it has to be a whole oligarchy, to be fair. We have two people in the United States. They live in the United States. Uh, fucking Amazon Lex Luthor. I forgot his real name. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Let's just... Amazon... He's Lex Luthor. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. The man's literally built a fucking mech suit to fight Superman. Not He's only, Lex Luthor. <laughs> not only is he Amazon Lex Luthor, because of course he runs Amazon, but he's all... Or he used to... He owns it. Uh, but he's also like Amazon's choice uh lex luther yeah and the fact that he's like the discount value brand version like it's so weird to see that because i remember you're like oh he's like doc Ock. it's like nah he's gonna be like lex luther you wait and see and then he got on a fucking mech suit i fucking called Hold on. it did he build a mech suit yeah i, I need to no, see he this build a mech suit but uh apparently though since he's so rich this like this company i forget who it is it's an independent like uh robotics company built a fucking mech suit and it looks like something out of like a fucking like out of like Avatar, like one of those like weird robots that they use. Hold on, hold he looks on. Like an evil dictator <laughs> when he's using it. Yeah, he looks like fucking Lex Luthor. Oh my Luther. god, it is exactly like an Avatar. <laughs> it looks just so insane. It's like Elon Musk is so rich they let him use a mech suit. He Jesus could Christ! Buy that and still have money left over. Like. He's gonna fucking fight uh, Superman when he gets here. Just oh my like, god, and he has like a Lex Luthor smile too. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so horrifying. Like imagine, imagine it's wild. it's three a.m. You hear loud footsteps thudding outside. <laughs> Lex Luthor or uh, Jeff Bezos. Tears the roof off your house. Your Amazon subscription has expired. (laughs) Your services are no longer required. He he tears off the roof of your house. He's in this big mech suit. And he says to you, I threw up. up. (laughs) I hate that. I can imagine, though, when he That's what he looks like. That's what he looks like in this photo. He looks like, I threw up. I threw up. I like to imagine, you know how like uh, like planes and blimps will have like the streamers following them with like a like subscribe to us on YouTube or some shit like that. Or, like right. buy war bonds today. Yeah, I our new really cl- our, our, our new <laughs> cryptocurrency war bonds. Yeah, war bond. You know what? We should bring that back. <laughs> no, but I like to imagine Jeff Bezos when he gets his own mech suit is just gonna have a fucking flag that's like subscribe to Amazon Prime today <laughs> or else or else. <laughs> Just like he gets like missile launcher, like salvo things. They shit off like missiles that have advertisements on them. Okay, you know how, you know how on Amazon or like really any site when they're trying to get you to sign up for their premium program, whether it's like Amazon Prime, you know, like uh, you're you're checking out and it's like, do you want a free trial of Amazon Prime with all these great benefits? Do you want, do you want a free trial of Amazon Prime with all these benefits like free shipping, Prime Video, all this stuff? 
and then it's like sign up big box sign up today and then there's a little tiny bit of just like times new roman size 11 font text at the bottom that's like no i don't want free shipping and all these benefits in 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 five years it's gonna be that same thing but the bottom is gonna be like no i don't want to see my family alive <laughs> below it's like yes i forfeit my life <laughs> <laughs> cyber yeah. fucking jeff bezos it'll just be it'll just be the most uh um ominous thing just i will no i will accept the consequences i will accept the consequences <laughs> jesus christ they, they would do that then then you hear it the 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 servos of <laughs> mecca bezos walking by the emissary from hell jeff bezos fucking christ <laughs> So anyway, the <laughs> oh, so Man. Venom Two is coming out. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit. It's been a while. <laughs> so uh, Cletus Cassidy Carnage uh, is in this in in this movie. He's he's gonna let there be carnage, and uh, I just want to say though. Uh, fucking that's so cringy <laughs> the whole like the the tagline is the line you ended the previous movie on i always I, hate that <laughs> i love that because it's like this this might as well just be an 80s movie <laughs> this like might as well just be this might as well just be some b movie from 1982 that you see because like that's the only thing playing at the theater speaking about b movie uh, did you know the reason why B movie exists is because it's a joke. Adam Sandler, not Adam Sandler. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Jimmy, whatever. Uh, not Jimmy Fallon. One of the Jimmy. What the fuck is his name? Jimmy Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Oops, Man, that was the same to me. Jerry Seinfeld made a joke to uh, Steven Spielberg. It's like, hey, what if we make a B movie, but it's about a B? And then that just spiraled out of, let's just make every B movie imaginable. God. <laughs> but it's just one movie. <laughs> Anyways, back to uh, yeah, so Venom 2. <laughs> Cletus Cassidy is, um, you know, he's this he's deranged. He's movie. He's this deranged serial killer or whatever. Um, it seems like he has this kind of like Silence of the Lambs style, like, relationship with Eddie Brock. Kind yeah. of like... Um, Hannibal Lecter and the what's her name from Silence of Clarice. Clarice. Yeah. yeah. Detective Clarice. Yeah. And it looks like he's like writing Eddie letters with like a either a red pen or his own blood. It's up to you know jury. Jer he's writing still it with carnage. <laughs> he's writing it with carnage. Let there be carnage. I need something to write with. <laughs> but if he if he's writing letters like in his own blood and stuff, like that could be how carnage is formed. Cause like the, the, the story in the comics is, you know, venom is like pregnant. I, uh, I hate it when you say that, that just doesn't and, sound right. And, uh, you know, he spawns off a little, a little seedling, uh, <laughs> and then it like mixes with Cletus Cassidy's blood and, you know, becomes like red, like, like blood is, uh, and, you know that's how carnage is a made. Seedling. A seedling, yeah, a little, a little, uh, I, a little buddy. These aren't wrong, but all of these <laughs> feel wrong. 
Uh, yeah, I know it. It does, but yeah, if if Cletus is like writing to him in his own blood, it could like mix with Venom as he's like spawning. <laughs> Spawn. I, None of these descriptions no, sound not horrible. There's look. There's as he's doing. There's mitosis. no. There's no good word to describe. What, what is Venom it when does. two cells split? Mitosis. Yeah, there we go. When venom mitosis. So venom mitosis and mixes with Cletus. That's that's how carnage happens. <laughs> Let there be carnage. And then, the, yeah, venom lets there be carnage. God fucking damn it! I, you know, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward in the venom tomb. I mean, I don't want to see the fucking birth scene. <laughs> And he's like, push, push. Like, what the fuck is going on? He's just sobbing in the corner. It's like, <laughs> what have you done to me? <laughs> I want out of this. This wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> what? I, uh, I can't remember, but in the first movie, didn't like Eddie like violently react to being removed from Venom also? Jared, you keep asking me about stuff that happened in the first Venom. <laughs> Even though I have explicitly told you, I have not seen it. You are our number one and only source of information from the first Venom movie. Like, look, man, I I love the first Venom movie, but I haven't seen it in so long. The only thing I can remember from it is the implications that Eddie Brock's girlfriend fucking like French kissed a dog so she could become Venom. And no, I we just, went over this. You don't need to kiss someone to transfer the symbiote. He just wanted to. <laughs> the entire... T- I like the idea that uh, she wasn't in control at all when she was Venom. Venom just really wanted to make out with Eddie Brock. <laughs> Finally! That's what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I hate this so much. What if Venom just... Okay, what if she had no control over that situation and this weird dog just started making out with her? I don't like that. I don't like thinking about that. Why would you make me do that? Because. Look, look what you've made me do, Mark. <laughs> think, Mark, think. How else did Venom get transferred <laughs> over? She kissed the dog. Look what you made me do. So yeah, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Venom 2, Electric Boogaloo. I can't wait for the shitpost memes to come from this one. It's going to be coming out September 24th of this year. Not soon Uh, enough. Only in theaters. It's a theater-only release. It's the first one, I think, in a while. Actually, I feel like that's dumb. Yeah. I get people want to go back to theaters and stuff, and theaters make I the most money. I saw an ad for a movie that's like a theater-only release just the other day, and it's like in... Hold on, come over here and tell the microphone. But uh, that fucking Trolls 2, that showed that, like, you can make more money without using theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I like what Disney's doing. I think Black Widow is going to be releasing in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be like um, when Mulan came out, the live-action Mulan uh, how like you can see it in theaters or you can pay $30 to see it on Disney plus, which I, I don't say, like, hopefully but I get it's it. not like that one. Cause that one also was a fucking dumpster. Fire. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm just waiting for you to be done on the couch. Why don't you, you sit? Why don't you sit? You asked me to come here to talk into the microphone, okay. and then Jared started talking. Okay, tell me about tell me about the theater only release. There was a movie, and I saw a commercial for it, and it's it's only being released in theaters. That's what it said on the commercial, and Must. I don't remember what movie it is, but it is in theaters currently at the moment. My skin do be schmoving though. But yeah, so <laughs> I I don't I don't know if it's if they're gonna stick with that theater only release. No, they probably will. Well, I because it all depends on where we are with like the vaccine and people being willing to take it, and you know, hopefully, uh, COVID won't like spread even more now Will that there be COVID. <laughs> now that now that no one is wearing a mask anymore. Which I was at the mall yesterday. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. Half the people there were not wearing masks. Oh, yeah, no. A lot of people. Even though there were, like, the ratio of signs telling you to wear a mask to people not wearing masks was astronomical. There were so many signs throughout the mall in front of every store saying, like, yeah, look, okay, this the, the 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 national mandate is over, but like the state still has a mandate and we as a business are telling you to wear a mask. Half the people were not wearing masks. Yeah. There were some people still still doing the the chin diaper where they wear what? it but only around their chin and not over their mouth or nose. Oh. And it's like if you're not going to wear them, mo- a lot of diaper. people are not wearing masks at all. If you're not going to wear it, don't wear it. Yeah. You're only inconveniencing yourself. I mean, and others, but like the only thing that you are doing by wearing it like that is just making yourself more uncomfortable. Just put it over or take it off. Preferably put it, put it over your shit, put it over your mouth, put it over your butt, put it over over your shit, put (laughs) it over your, your moisture holes. (laughs) Now you're speaking my language. Oh, anyway, so uh, I think that's it for the uh, Venom 2 trailer coverage. Yeah, I mean, we've got into like seven tangents there. Do you want to talk about Loki or just get into the uh, Irish boy dream? Well, I want to talk about Loki a little bit. So they put I, out a... Uh, a metric fuck ton of commercials. I, I've only seen the, the first one, so I missed yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, so they put out the... Uh, the first like official trailer a month ago and then they put out the uh, introducing agent mobius clip two days ago and then today they released the uh official miss minutes trailer with like the uh the clock like cartoon lady yeah so judging from these like the trailer and the clips that they put out it seems like loki has um a similar vibe to and I don't I don't think you watched this after we talked about it but the good place I know what you're talking about and you're also right I didn't watch it after we talked about it Yeah so what I mean is like uh Loki has this like the a similar vibe to the good place where like the good place is like heaven but it's like a bureaucracy but Loki <laughs> is like the timeline but it's a bureaucracy <laughs> Damn, Puritans were right. And I also think it's going to be really cool to see more exploration of how time travel works in the MCU because we got a bit of it in Endgame where it's like you you go to the past, but it's not the past. It's your future, so it doesn't affect your past, but it's... But it does! 
<laughs> yeah. So we get a little bit of that, and it's like, oh, if you take an infinity stone out of a timeline, then it makes a branching timeline. But if you bring it back, then it's fine. Um, there's gonna. It seems like there's gonna be a bit more exploration of that, which I like. And I like that they're acknowledging like the goofiness of of like time, time travel, travel stuff. Yeah. As and, long as we don't have another Back to the Future Doc being murdered a thousand times, shit. <laughs> God. So, like, obviously we get, you know, t- uh, time travel in Endgame, and it's like, oh, you gotta try t- try not to make different timelines and stuff, and then it, it does happen, because, you know, Loki takes the Tesseract in, in the Battle of New York in 2012, so that, you know, fucks everything up. Yeah. But, like, the Time Variance Authority existed before that like it was always a thing and it was always operating right yeah so like what else has been going on that's been messing with the timeline you know it would be cool to see more of that reboots (laughs) (laughs) yeah who do you think the bad guy is because i have i have an idea sort of but Um, i'm not sure because it seems like there's going to be like some dude that they're going to be like cleaning up after you see him in the trailer. He's like beating up on some people and doing doing hijinks. King Clock. King Clock. Yeah. From well, Batman. Okay, we're going to we're going to need an explanation. <laughs> I just pulled something on my ass. King Clock is a villain from Batman. He's oh, the guy okay. that wears a clock as a face. <laughs> right. He's like on the same level as Condiment King and Polka Dot Man. As in, he literally exists just to be abused by a mentally deranged man in a furry outfit. God. Batman is the worst timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so I it, I know that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to feature King the Conqueror. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it'll be the first thing that he's in because i i think that it's possible that the villain of of loki could be kang oh it's mephisto it's, it's mephisto <laughs> it's actually mephisto guys what it's, if, it's actually mephisto this time okay what if it actually was god i you know i hope it is i hope oh. that i hope that he the bad guy shows up it's like you know it's the big finale and it's like, who is this guy anyway? We've been we've been stopping all of his his schemes and hijinks this whole season. Wh- who is this guy? And then close up of the bad guy. It was like, Mephisto. Oh, he's, no, he's like <laughs> it's like Martian Manhunter in the in the Snyder cut. Yeah, it's just close up on him, and he's like, some call me, and then he pulls his face off, and it's a mask, and it's he's like, some call me Mephisto. And he looks directly at the camera and he's like, that's right, Mephisto. <laughs> I like the idea that he pulls off the mask. Some call me Mephisto. And then he stares at the camera for an uncomfortably long amount of time. He's just I like, want him to like pull off the mask, but like the mask is just Mephisto's face, and under the mask is Mephisto's face. <laughs> <laughs> we can set this up where it rivals how awkward those scenes were with Manhunter in the Snyderverse movie in the Snyder League the Snyder League of their own (laughs) Um, allow me to explain the backstory to you five times in the span of two minutes 
how long was Snyderverse again? It was four hours long, right? The yeah, the Snyder cut was it was like four. I think it was like three hours fifty six minutes. That movie was so long, I forgot about like eighty percent of it. That's for the best. I I I keep forget like I remember all the epilogue stuff, but I just remember it as like separate things. You know, that epilogue with like the weird like Jared Leto Joker, I want to find whoever thought that was a good idea and like talk to him, maybe with a crowbar in the room. I'm just saying like that was if 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 anything we can agree on was super cringy and terrible to watch, it was that whole ordeal with Jared Leto's Joker. We live in a society. It makes me think of all those like cringy, like Joker YouTubers and stuff where it's like, it's a society. And then they, they scream, but they don't want to wake up their mom. So it's like a ah, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I really want whoever to made that just to, I wish them a very die. <laughs> that's, that's all that's all folks that's all i want to say on that that was the most uncomfortable 15 minutes of my life and i went into the hospital a while ago and had an old guy grab my balls also the span of 15 minutes somehow not as bad <sighs> So anyway, we're very excited for Loki. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's going to be great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so do you want to get into this movie's the, this week's movie pick Let's of get the into week? This movie's week of the pick. Let's do it. Let's so. do it. <laughs> so this week we watched Sing Street it's uh it's a good movie. It's like this like indie movie, I think, or it's just European. It's Irish. Yeah. It's so, Irish, but they have not they do not have a scene where they scream about how British people are horrible. So it's weird Irish. It's um <laughs> Well, first of all, if you haven't seen Sing Street up to this point, uh watch it. We're gonna get into spoilers, but it's not gonna like it. It, it's not really a spoiler yeah, heavy kind of fair, thing. Like if you've seen a love story before, it's, well, we're going to be talking about like the plot and stuff. So if you don't want it, like if you want to go in fresh, if you want to watch it and then I hear mean, our it's commentary basically on just it. rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to watch it and then come back, it's, uh, it's free on Amazon. Uh, you don't have to have like prime or anything. Uh, it's free on Tubi. It's free on Pluto TV. And uh, we'll have links to that in the description. It, if you want a physical copy, the DVD is like less than $10 from different sites like Walmart, Target, that kind of stuff. I got it uh, on Amazon a while ago because it wasn't on anything at that point. Like we watched this in film class like a couple years ago. And uh, at that point it was only like on British or like, like UK Netflix. I think our teacher, Mr. Mord had a copy cause it was like his yeah. favorite movie or something like that. Yeah. He had a copy of it. Um, so that's I mean, how we watched it in class. It a, it's a fun movie. It's, it's pretty good. But, uh, anyway, the synopsis, I usually do like longer synopsis is like, like beat for like beat by beat. But, um, I, I don't want to do that because it feels long winded usually. And I just, I want to get to like, 
Well, here's the synopsis. It's a classic boy meets girl story, except he's an Irish kid going to a Catholic private school. Yeah. Also, he wants to be like a glam rocker. Yeah, it's like boy boy meets girl. uh, Boy becomes girl. (laughs) Boy meets girl. Boy marries girl. Boy has uh, one child. Uh, and then has another child, and then another child, and then that child uh, has to listen to boy and girl arguing, and he's like, fucking hell. And then the boy and the girl are like, we're poor now, so we're sending you to a Catholic school. And this story is about the youngest child. I'm so fucking lost. (laughs) What's going on? Okay, so anyway... uh, Yeah, it's the, this kid in the in uh, I think it's nineteen eighty five. I will say this: uh, I did watch the movie last week. It's been a week since I've seen the movie. I cannot remember anyone's fucking names from that movie. <laughs> yeah, I watched. Okay, I watched it earlier today. I don't know their names. I remember. <laughs> I remember two of their names. I remember. I remember three of their names. I remember one of them. Eamon. One of the okay. One oh, of the, and end gig. Okay. Yeah. So I'm there's. Sorry. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> what? Okay. So anyway, this movie is about this this kid in Ireland in they 1985. Slur. He, <laughs> his his family goes a uh, it like, they're poor now because it's Ireland in the 80s, and I guess they were having like a huge recession. Well, it's probably because of the constant civil war. <laughs> And so they're like, we're sending you to this cheaper Catholic school and he gets there and it's like straight up a prison yard. <laughs> and so he's like, Fuck, no, there's this guy that like students, there's this guy the that concrete. threatens to shoot him in the face with a slingshot. And, uh, the, yeah. So boy meets girl, the, there's this mysterious girl outside uh, outside, like this, in the schoolyard, and it's like, who's she? Oh, we don't know. She's mysterious and cool. What if he goes up to her and it's just a hooker? <laughs> just <laughs> like it's just a hooker. <laughs> like I'm just sitting here thinking of this movie. Like as, as you're saying it again, like the he tries to shoot him in the face with a slingshot. What if he had a 44 Magnum God. instead? How wild would this movie be if you just tweaked little details in it? It's like, who's that girl? No one knows. She's so mysterious. Walks up. Who are you? Suck jabs. Five dollars. <laughs> so anyway, this kid, <laughs> the main character's name is Connor, and he wants to impress this girl. So he forms a band with some other kids from school. And the movie basically follows their like journey, becoming a band. And, and Connor, you know, trying to like win over this girl. And, you know, we also get a little bit of like exploration of, of the girl and like her character. I, I really want to like get into it later, but she is sort of a deconstruction of like the cool girl, like mysterious cool girl trope in movies. But anyway, yeah, he, he, they're at this Catholic school and basically part of the movie is like overcoming just being at a Catholic school. <laughs> the struggle of Catholic <laughs> schools. And, um, I do want to say there's one thing I really liked about the movie, and that's that the bully character is like he's there as their bully, and then they just randomly like, hey, you want a job? <laughs> yeah. I I really appreciate what they did with that character, and I want to get in, into that later also, but yeah, so the we follow the journey of the band as they like develop as as artists, and then it all culminates with like the uh the like end of the year like 
dance and they play at it and you know they everyone loves them and and the boy and the girl they like run away to england for more opportunities to like you know get a, a record label to sign the band and and everything and that's the movie that's that's sing street that's a very condensed synopsis because i do want to get into the details but uh first you want to give general thoughts overall your feelings on the movie it's a it's ireland it is Ireland, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you're Very thinking good. about that ending. I just I just had a realization. What if that movie, the ending's just symbolism about like, hey, maybe we should join the UK. <laughs> the whole movie's a political piece against the IRA. <laughs> uh, IRA? No, I thought they were in Ireland. God fucking damn it. IRC. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, no, I, I thought it was all right. Like, I, I don't, like, really get into, like, those, like, normal, like, love story movies. And, like, I don't know, I feel like that still fits as one. Like, there's things I liked in it. Like, I liked the Bully Kids whole, like, like little arc thing that they yeah. did and stuff. And I liked a whole bunch of the songs in it, because a lot of them are, like, they slap. But, like, I don't know, I just, I just have difficulty getting into those, like, those, like, those love story kind of movies. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's just a love story. It's more of a coming of age story that just features, uh, yeah. Uh, love, uh, love, love interest. I don't know. I get, I don't know. Something about it. Not enough explosions. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do have to find a movie relatable to, to really gel with it. Yeah. There's not, there's not enough horrible monsters or explosions for it to relate (laughs) to my life. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't relate to this movie. There was too much love, too much human interaction, not enough screaming, not enough bugs, <laughs> not enough. Bu- it needs copious amounts of bugs in order for me to relate to this movie. So, um, no one is covered in bugs. How can I relate to them as a character? <laughs> <laughs> My general thoughts on it: I, I like it a lot. I think it's a good, uh, like I said, coming of age story. It's. Uh, I like that it explores the artistic process in a realistic way. I like what you like what you said with the bully. I like his arc. I like that you know it. Actually, I want something I want to add. I like the part where the bully just like sucker punches the principal. I don't think he does. That. I think he just pushes him out. Now that I'm remembering it, but you know what I mean. No, the principal sucker punches someone and pushes him out of the uh, the the gym at the dance. Oh, that's right. What a fucking wild movie. <laughs> I exactly. But yeah, so I like that. I like the I like the music. The music is awesome. But yeah, overall great movie, best movie ever. Ten ten out of ten recommend. All I'm saying is I would not be surprised if half the music from that movie wound up on like TikTok. Yeah. Like most of it, like the uh what was it? I forget what it's called, but it's like the the boys, 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 boys. That, that one, one is good. That that's underrated, I think, because like I don't. That's the one that I listen to. Like it's one of the songs that I listen to the least in the soundtrack. Yeah, but yeah. While we're talking about that, let's that just get into like, let's just get into specifics about the movie. So first of all, the music. Yeah, yeah like I mean, it's a huge driving point of the mo- of the movie. Yeah, it's just like. They're it making is, music. They're a band. Yeah, it, it it is a movie about a band, and so of course it's gonna have music. <laughs> Synopsis: but, It's a movie about a band. <laughs> I I really love the music in this movie. I I don't know who 
wrote it or whatever. Like you can find all this on IMDb. Well, but didn't you watch the movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does feel like genuine like radio hits from from that from that era. Yeah, they did their homework. Like I'm pretty sure, like drive it like you stole it. Like I like I'm pretty sure that's been on the radio. It might have been, to be honest. Watches that movie. I remember mo- <laughs> a lot of, like, at least one of the songs I remember hearing before I saw that movie. What if, now hear me out, it's a crazy thought. But what if all of the music from that movie is from someone else's, like, like, like uh, discography thing? I don't know what the word is for, like, their, their, their albums. Discography. It's discography. Disc- it's, it sounds weird. The word you just said. Now make it come out of me discography there you go you did it but uh, i'm proud of you <laughs> but uh i'm sorry i just shut down for a second but like imagine though if like, it's like a yesterday <laughs> situation god damn it. no one remembers that sing street it was a real band that existed no i was gonna say like watches all the music was like stolen from some guy who was like famous <laughs> it's like oh yeah these were all green day hits <laughs> Not to compare it to Walk Hard, which we were talking about earlier, but like it, it is it is similar to Walk Hard, where like all of the music that they wrote for the movie is like actually good. Yeah, it's good music, good tunes. It's not like normal musicals where it's like it's hit or miss if anyone's going to actually enjoy it. Like, yeah, I don't think there's a there's not a weak song in this movie. These are all like home runs. I think. Yeah. The only one I didn't really like was the first one, but that's just because I don't really like the sound of those kind of songs. Riddle of the Model? Yeah. I like that one. That's Uh, like my favorite. Yeah, but then again, it's not like I don't like that one specifically. I just don't like the, like a lot of music like that. I like more like, like, I guess really fast songs. I guess you could say I'm sort of underground. I'm not underground. I'm very much standing right in front of you, but... I mean, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Another thing that I wanted to uh, talk about, like a lot of a lot of movies like this are just biopics for a band that already exists. Oh yeah, like this Bohemian is- Rhapsody. We did an episode talking about this movie. It was like the second episode we did back when we were still at CTC. But yeah, this is what Bohemian Rhapsody should have been like, and I stand by that. But yeah, like. One one issue with like not so much with Rocket Man because that's just a different kind of thing. It's basically just an Elton John musical as opposed to like a straight biopic. It, yeah, it's like how uh, the Greatest Showman was. Yeah, it's not a biopic, but, but it's, it's actually just, good. Yeah, I like the Greatest Showman, but it's all as right. a as a historical document. Yeah, yeah, very P- one sided. P.T. Barnum was not hot, and that's canon. P.D. Barnum, okay, have you, okay, tangent time. So, did you hear about the fourth Hotel Transylvania movie? And how the Invisible Man isn't hot? Yeah. It's like that. The expectation of what you, when after seeing The Greatest Showman, is that, oh, this is going to be a hot guy. And then, when you look him up... (laughs) Speaking about that, it is insane how many people are freaking out over it. Yeah... It's like not many people saw Shrek as kids. Apparently, there's like there was a whole fandom around the Invisible Man, and yeah, they thought you know, he was going to be hot. The Onesler, 
I we've talked wow. about this. It is. We've talked about it this. It was exactly like that. The only difference is they weren't given food to feed their fire. It was literally just, hey, you know the guy you're simping over? Look at him. He's Mort <laughs> from Family Guy. I know they did it on purpose. I I really hope that it's the the movie's whole plot thing is that the Invisible Man is like very self conscious about the way he looks, and people will feel bad for making fun of him. Mm-hmm. I want that to be it. So all of these guys are the bad guys now. What an what an alpha move. Yeah. What a pro gamer move. I want to do what's called a pro gamer move. But anyway, Sing Street. So I was saying, before, drive it like you stole it. So anyway, I was <laughs> trying to make this point, but uh, like with uh, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. No. Or uh, like any other like musical biopic. It's usually about a band that is in real life massively successful. Mm-hmm. So there's only really one way the story can end. <laughs> yeah. Like, Drugs. <laughs> you basically just pick a, a point in the band's history to end on. And it's like you we already know. <laughs> you know the, like uh, bohemian rhapsody ends with live aid which like everyone that knows about queen knows about like any anyone that knows about queen knows about live aid and it's like yeah this is the ending i guess i mean uh, we kind of saw this coming because you know it's an event that happened but sing, Str- sing street isn't tied down by like a band's real life history so i feel like there's always a chance that they could fail i mean of course it's like it's, it's a story the bad the, the the good guy wins you know all that stuff mm-hmm. but like what if, if you the- if you are if you are invested in the events of the movie it feels like you know i don't already know that this band is successful to this day you know so they could fail Alex. conceivably Hear me out. You know what, what I'm if, saying? What if the ending of Sing Street is like the ending to the first season of Invincible? The principal just beats the ever-living shit out of Connor. Think, He's like, Connor. think, Connor, think. 15 years from now, where are you going to be? Just kicks him through a drum. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. But anyway... <laughs> Another thing that I like is uh, this movie realistically depicts the uh, the artistic process. Oh, yeah. How most of it's just like inspired from other people's shit, too. And also how like the first rehearsal isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, never good. The first rehearsal, like if you are just forming a band or if you're starting anything, the first time you do it, like we watched this in film class and we were you know, Mord showed us this movie and he was like, yeah, see, this is like showing like when you start off, when you start off doing anything, you're not going to be good at it immediately. You have to like work at it and draw inspiration from different sources. And that's one of the things that I love most about this movie is that it realistically shows that, that the first time you do something, it's not going to be good. It's like how like the first time you ride a bike, you scrape your knee, or the first time you have sex, you cry in the corner while the hooker counts out the 50s you gave her. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, talking more about that, I, I like that uh, in realistically depicting the artistic process, every song in the soundtrack is inspired by something that happens. Yeah, that's great. 
where it's, it's like, like, oh, the, you know, the, the one teacher's like, oh, all the complicated boys and girls that inspires the song that they do at the at the dance. The boys, 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 girls, complicated girls. Very song. difficult lyrics for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good song. It's pretty good. But uh No no, it's it's nice to actually see see a movie that's not trying to like I guess deify the band that's making the music because that's like, it seems that's like another thing that i wanted to get to band like, movie also they, in like the normal biopic movies they like shoehorn the songs in to sort of make it fit with the plot sometimes yeah. and it's like feels more natural seeing them make their music and perform it than it does queen yeah like i mentioned this in the episode that we did a long time ago but like in bohemian rhapsody like Every song just kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's like you start off. They're like, "Oh, we got this van and we broke down. We're gonna, band, s- we're gonna they sell wind it." Up being prodigies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Oh, we have this band. We have this van. It broke down. We're gonna use. We're gonna sell it and get studio time." And then, like a week later, Fat Bottom Girls comes out, and we're they're 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 touring and they're massively successful. When like and and by the way, none of the songs in Bohemian like Queen's songs are very good. Mm-hmm. That is bold of me to say, I know. But I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody really dropped the ball in depicting like I'm like I've been saying the artistic process where none of none of it really feels like it's inspired by anything. Yeah. Like I imagine Bohemian Rhapsody or any Queen song has some level of like inspiration from like either personal experience or something, you know? But you never see like like there's there's no explanation like oh this sure is one bohemian rhapsody that we're in wait say that again there's one song i know that has no inspiration it's creation and i love it it's the uh send me on my way and you know it has no inspiration because half the lyrics is just him going so like uh the only other song they say had no inspiration is pumped up kicks but uh, it did I love the inspiration <laughs> for I am the walrus. I am just, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the story behind that. Right? Some guy, some like was it, a teacher was like, Oh, they all have hidden this, meaning in their music. This was like a trend. <laughs> and it, I, I think it still happens to some degree, but English teachers back when the Beatles were massively popular, some, <laughs> a lot of, a lot, there was a trend. There was a trend where English teachers would like dissect Beatles lyrics to kind of get kids like into you know english so like as a subject because they wanted to like involve like oh you know all the kids like the beatles so we'll analyze the beatles and someone like like the word of that got to john lennon who was like you know these songs like you are driving you're reading into this these so are the much. songs you get high to just do that what the fuck you know yeah. what fuck you yellow submarine is actually about how paul mccartney is dead and blah 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 and Looks and over at Paul McCartney. You read this shit? John and John Lennon was like, I'll give him something. I'll give him something to analyze. And he wrote this song with just the most nonsense lyrics. No meaning could be derived from it. There is uh, this he is thought, the chorus. They are the Eggman. I am, I the, am egg- the walrus. I am Cuckoo the Eggman. <laughs> I am the walrus. Cuckoo Kachu. Cuckoo Kachu poetry snaps <laughs> and he such a he, they, the beatles released that song and they were like this will shut him up and then it, did it the didn't <laughs> people have been over analyzing that song since it came out to this day 
If you look at this at this point in the music video, <laughs> Paul McCartney is wearing blah, 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 whatever. And that means that he's actually secretly dead. <laughs> imagine, imagine if Paul McCartney died in real life, like, like the conspiracy theorists think. Imagine if he did die in real life and the Beatles replaced him with a body double. Do you think that they would admit it by like writing it into their songs, but you have to play it backwards at three in the morning? What is the plan with that? Okay. I write, I write Paul is dead backwards into this song. Right. And then you have to play the record backwards. Hopefully no one does that. Hopefully no one does it. What's the end game? What is your end thing? game with that? Publicity. Now, fucking English teachers will take anything and be like, oh, this is what they meant. <laughs> yeah, so I want to kind of breeze through the rest of the uh, the points that I have written down. We can do that. Um, I also want to get through recommendations, so let's try to get through this it's soon. Your quick fire. So, all right, so another thing that another thing that I love about this movie is they the movie is about teenagers in school and the people playing them are actually roughly the age that they're supposed to be. Yeah. So it's not like 30-year-olds, you know, like like the guy that plays Connor, he was 17 at the time of the movie's release. The the one uh ginger kid was like 16 when the movie came out and like Lucy Boynton, who plays the love interest, like she she was like 22, I believe. So she was a bit older, but she was still like in like roughly in the right age range. So I, I really appreciate that everyone is like. Actually, you know, they actually look their age. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I love is the humor. Like this is a funny movie and it's not trying to be a comedy. So I think that actually makes it funnier than most comedies. You know, it's not like trying to force wacky jokes. It's just like actual like situational humor. And I, I really uh, appreciate that. I want to point out I nodded there. And the reason I did is because I forgot that you can't hear nods. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, another thing is uh, I love Connor's transformation from pushover to Alpha Chad. Alpha Chad. At the, at Alpha first, Connor. <laughs> at first in the movie, he is like, you know, he's kind of a pushover. He's... You know, he, he just kind of lets stuff happen to him. Like, he lets the bully kid, like, you know, threaten him to, like, dance and stuff. He Dang. does push back a little bit. But, like, overall, he's kind of a pushover, you know. But then he sorts, he sort of, like, becomes more confident in himself and just turns into an absolute Chad. Like, by, like, the two-thirds mark, I think, Rafina, the love interest, is, uh, you know, she's sort of been, I guess, like... I guess she's been distant, I guess is the right word. But anyway, she, you know, they're catching up and, and she's like, oh, you know, it didn't work. Cause she was going to go to London to pursue modeling with her like 30 year old boyfriend. Cause that always works out yeah. in the end. <laughs> but she ended up not being able to go cause he basically was just using her and he left her in Dublin. And so she was like, is this where my life is now? You know, like, I got to get a job somewhere. I got to work at McDonald's, you know, what, hanging out with some 15-year-old schoolboy. Is this where I am at in my life? And Connor's like, oh, fuck this. I'm I'm going. I got to rehearse for for this gig coming up, which is, you know, the the big 
end of the year dance. And she's like, oh, tell me about it. And he's like, no. No. Fucking Chad. <laughs> Chad moment right there. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the... Uh, well, I'll talk about the bully first because that'll take less time. But uh, the bully character, we were mentioning him a little bit earlier. I really liked what they did with him. Where Because like normally if you have like a bully character in any like high school movie, it can go in one of two directions. Either like the bully gets some kind of like comeuppance, you know, like something bad happens to him and it's like cathartic for the audience and the main character. Or it's like, oh, you know, the bully actually has a terrible life. So you should like pay off his house or whatever. <laughs> pay off his loans. <laughs> and... And it's like either like, oh, you got to be really nice to this person that beat the shit out of you and then hope that they like are Recru- nice to you back. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it, it just feels forced. Like uh, it's either that or like the comeuppance. Yeah. But I think this movie kind of like it. I think this movie handles it really well. Where more it's, realistically, you just hire more, the bully yeah, as a bouncer. Because <laughs> it's good like, at punching people. <laughs> It's yeah, it's not as like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's handled more, I guess, like eloquently. I, I, I don't know what word to use, but like you see the bully like abused by his father and everything. And, and he has a terrible home life, but it's not like, oh, he has a bad home life. So you gotta be like, you gotta like befriend him or what it, it's, well, they do befriend him, but it's not like you got to like suck up to him because he has a bad home life and hope that he's nice to you, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of like stories do. Like it's not like a like a Disney Channel original movie. Uh, they find but, a purpose for him. Yeah, but they don't all <laughs> they also don't like spill a bucket of pig's blood on him as revenge. Yeah. They just kind of are like, look, you know, we're in the same shithole together. We might as well not be at each other's throats. You want to like you want to be our muscle, you know, like we'll have your back, you'll have ours and you'll like have some warmth in your life. And they kind of like grow closer from there, but it does feel very realistic and it does feel like how people interact. Yeah. It feels like how humans interact and not like either Carrie or, uh, I'm trying to think of ones where it's like the bully was actually the good guy the whole time. I haven't seen those in so long. That's a good one. You know movies. Give me an example. I don't know. God damn it, Alex. Is, you're, the mo- you're the movie guy. It feels like we watched one recently. Well, we watched... Uh, it was this video on YouTube. Um, it's been making the rounds. Like People have been dunking on it. But it's this video where from this from this guy that makes like inspirational videos... An inspirational and oh quotes. wait hold on is this the guy that made that it's the one with the gamer one that, girl okay i haven't seen that one but is it also the guy with like the poor people shouldn't play tennis and then the poor kid plays tennis might maybe i don't i haven't seen that one but in this video it's like a short story and the uh, the the moral is like be nice to bullies and and uh it's basically like this gamer girl streamer who's like 12 like she looks like 12 and like guys at school are like she's not a real gamer and she's like streaming every night with this like famous twitch streamer and they play like Fortnite and stuff and there's this guy that's like harassing her for no reason and then it come to find out that like you know the family car doesn't work and his mom is like hurting for money and they're gonna be evicted and everything 
And it's like, oh, you know, this guy just needs a break. He's only harassing me because he's poor. <laughs> Which, you know, is that the moral you want? But anyway, um, yeah, so this this girl streamer, she like, she makes a lot of money on Twitch because she's like actually popular. Like she bought her mom a Tesla and stuff. So like she's, she's got money. But like the uh, the the like stream the famous streamer that she streams with is like oh you know we should do something nice for them to like show them some kindness so they like pay their rent they pay the rent <laughs> on this on this bully's apartment I guess as a flex it's like <laughs> the, hey it's me the girl from school what I what I would have done if I was in their shoes uh either one or two things the realistic thing was which is oh that's rough and then just keep playing or the uh what the chad thing to do would be is buy their house then move into it <laughs> it's like it's like in the snyder cut oh you paid for the house i bought the bank i bought the bank <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the moral of that is like be nice to bullies if some nah. if someone harass okay if someone harasses you at school and online and belittles you and makes you feel like shit just for being who you are you should be nice to them and buy their you know pay off their pay off their mortgage yeah you know, it feels like it's saying a very different message like beat up people till they give you money <laughs> yeah the message is really if you want someone to pay your rent harass Hurt them, them. <laughs> You know what? I want to take this to the bank tomorrow. This exact logic. <laughs> Just going, pay off my loans. Douche, 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 douche. Anyway, let's let's rush through the rest of this. The uh, the deconstruction of the mysterious girl trope. So I, I've been alluding to that. So like, uh, Rafina, I think, is a really well-written character. Because when you watch this movie like once and you just watch like if you have like a surface level interpretation of it she's just like another like cool mysterious girl for the for the protagonist to like you know have a crush on and stuff but no there's like layers to her character where at first she does seem like just a mysterious cool girl but then there's like more that's kind of alluded to and revealed about her where like she's had a really messed up past and she's like at like a like a, like a girl's home you know like like an orphanage kind of thing and you know in a lot of in a lot of uh like coming of age movies it's like oh the the girl love interest she has a boyfriend and he's an older guy and it's usually like oh isn't she so cool but in this it's like oh she's a victim (laughs) like she she is actively being molested by a 30 year old man this isn't like her being cool this like she is she's a victim here what a fucking wild movie. <laughs> and it, like, you know, what? It and, and Connor, me. Connor asks about it. Like, so is that your, your boyfriend? And she's like, Oh, we're on and off. No, no. he is using you. That reminds me of the story. You remember I told you the tale of the man that became, uh, like he got a fetish for the state of Ohio. What? You don't remember that story? Oh, I remember. He got yeah. roofied and then molested, sorry, just, and now me, he has a fetish for the state of Ohio. <laughs> look, it took me a second to Her register. Story it took me a second. Got in a completely different direction. I had to. I had to process when you said the guy that had the fetish for the state of Ohio. But yeah, I remember. <laughs> I Listen just, to De- Degenerate Deep Dive. It's one of our older episodes. If you want more info on that. Oh, it's such a fucking wild episode. 
So it's the Wonder Bread guy, Ohio guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Rafina. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Connor is like talking about his home life and his family and like, oh, you know, my parents are splitting up and stuff. And she's like, oh, sounds like a lot of drama. Glad I don't have parents. <laughs> it's like, girl, that's not cool. I'm, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> The mysterious girl stereotype, but it's sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, also a straight, a straightforward, like surface level interpretation of this movie would be like, oh, this Rafina girl, she's like really wise. She has these like nuggets of wisdom where she's talking about like, oh, you got to be happy, sad, you know? And that's like right after explaining, it's like right after or right before explaining that her mother is manic depressive. It's like, oh, I see where that's coming from. Like the whole happy, sad thing. Where I feel like a lot of movies have like the the cool mysterious girl and she's like, you gotta be fine with your trauma. And like the movie treats it as like this bit of wisdom or like the character is like quirky or wise or whatever. And it's like, no, she needs therapy is, is what, that's what the situation is. And I feel like this movie is like pretty aware of that. And I, and I, I think that's just pretty good writing. Like there's a few examples like, where she's talking about it's a strange kind of love parents and she's saying it like it's like, you know, philosophy, you know, where she's like, yeah. oh, you know, parents, it's like, it's a strange kind of thing. Where Right after she just basically was saying like her, her dad molested her. Parents are strange. Parents are strange. <laughs> just takes a, takes a puff of the cigarette, a long drawn out, just... And uh, <sighs> and there's one part where they're getting ready to film a music video. It's the one where they're like on the, I think the pier where they like jump into the water. Yes. And, you know, Connor's explaining the song or someone's explaining the song and it's like, oh, the, you know, she went into the water and then he went and she wasn't and she wasn't there. And someone was like, oh, so she died. <laughs> and then, which is like, probably the case but yeah then rafina's like no she's a mermaid and she had to go back to her mermaid home and <laughs> and like i feel like a lesser movie would just be like that's it she's quirky i guess you could say she's different but the subtext is like this girl has coping mechanisms like <laughs> that that are that are that she's trying to pass off as as wise and that other movies that do a similar thing try to pass off as like philosophy you know, where it's like, it's not philosophy. You're just coping. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, where'd Bustard go? Oh, he went to the butterfly farm upstate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. But yeah. I think that's it. I, that's all I have, uh, in terms of notes for Sing Street. If you have anything to add, um, yeah, Irish people have weird names. They do. That's my only thing I want to say. Yeah. And I can say that without being racist because I'm Irish. Okay. So get fucked, everyone. So yeah, conclusion, concluding thoughts for the movie. Best movie ever. Go see it. Uh, it's a great coming-of-age story. Great soundtrack. Great, great everything. Go watch it. It's free at different places online. Yeah, that's probably why I can't relate to it. I don't, I don't, I never had a coming-of-age tale. I was literally born, and this is what I came out as. So anyway, you want to get into recommendations of the week? Yeah. <laughs> Invincible. Uh, or, hold on, did you have something else put down? Hold on, let me check again. I have uh, three different things. If you have any, you can uh, add them and then we'll well, get I into I just want to talk about Invincible. All right. So 
uh, first uh, first recommendation. This is uh, a channel that I like. Uh, the video is uh, hold on. the The video is titled "Bitcoin Goes Metal." It's from Andre and and. Tunas, it'll be linked in the description. Bitcoin goes metal. This guy, uh, he takes like political rants and stuff like that and puts it to like heavy metal. Wasn't there some guy that did the same thing with Alex Jones, except it was an indie folk song? I yeah, someone else did that to okay. it. But this guy, he takes these like rants that people go on, usually like like these like mega church pastors that like go into like tongues and stuff but uh he he takes these speeches and like he he puts music over it and turns them into like great heavy metal songs i just came to realization alex you know how like when pastors get really mad they go into tongues like you just said what if they're speaking latin what if all pastors hear me out what if all pastors are are like what if they're demons Alex, what if all pastors are demons? In a way, they are. No, I mean, like, seriously, like, what if, like, what if, like, everyone's like, oh, they're teaching us the good word? What if, no? It's all, it was all the gospel of Judas all along. Yeah, what if, like, they're teaching the kids all the wrong things, so they're the ones who go to hell instead? And, like, it only slips out of the rants because they get really passionate about that, and then they start speaking in, like, Latin, which is the native tongue of demons. That's deep. Boom. That's really deep. You should stab your local representative. Uh, don't endorse that. That was a joke. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, next up, Invincible. Next recommendation of the week is Invincible, the show that came out. Season one is out. It's great. It's Go watch it. Amazing. I love everything about that show. At first, I thought I was going to like it because uh, I'm sick of like the so wait, did you watch did you bit. watch it or did you just watch like clips I've watched the first few episodes like I didn't watch all of it but then I, I recommend watched the a whole, whole bunch of like for sure clip. I watched all the like the clips and stuff like the main story beats okay I, I would recommend just watching the the whole show do uh, it to yeah, you no. and the listener don't do what I did just just watch the whole show because I spoiled a whole lot of big things <laughs> But I love, though, the fact that Omni-Man isn't just, like, a generic, like, she's bad because Superman yeah. with power would be bad. He's yeah, like, I, there's reasons for it, and you can, like, understand him as a character and stuff. Like, yeah. he's not just, like, oh, he's he's evil because he's super-powered, and he just does it because that's what he does. Like, there's reasoning behind what he's doing, like... Like he, he, as he says in like the the season finale, like everything that he's doing on this planet is like a speck in his entire lifetime. So he doesn't care. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of story like superhero stories that try to do like Superman but evil, kind of just feel really like amateurish, kind of because yeah, because like, like it's never that deep. You know, it's always like the the folly of power and it corrupts, and it's like it always just is like. Wouldn't it be bad if someone was Superman? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That's what they do. That's what that's what it always is. Like Homelander, like Homeland, Homelander is <laughs> Homelander like isn't is Homelander is a good character, but to a degree, he is basically like. Wouldn't it be bad if someone was Superman? Like that's why and, I like and like Omni injustice, Man. injustice. It's like, what if Superman was bad? And 
like a lot of times though with the evil Superman, it's like they're always like really one dimensional too. It's like oh, all he does is he's just evil the whole time. With like, and that's that's, I like that's about- also why I don't like the idea of like Watchmen or like any like superhero story where the point is like superheroes are bad. Yeah, because it's like we know. Yeah, we know that if someone was actually doing Batman stuff, that would be bad. Like we don't need you being like, hey guys, I just thought of this. <laughs> Wouldn't it be bad? If superheroes, okay, Zemo, calm down real quick. <laughs> like, wouldn't wouldn't superheroes be bad in real life? <laughs> yeah, that's the fantasy. The fantasy <laughs> is that someone is a billionaire and they do good stuff with that. Yeah. <laughs> the no, fantasy but, uh, is a billionaire that's not fueled by greed. That's that's like people think the fantasy part is like the superpowers and stuff. No, the fantasy is that people are good. Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds so depressing when you say it like that. The the fantasy of superheroes is that they're people that are good to each other. <laughs> but no, that's the thing I, I really loved about Invincible is how Omni-Man, though, like, yeah, he's doing fucked up shit, but, like, he also, like, isn't just, like, evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. Like, he's he like- explains his reasoning, and he does clearly have, like, like feelings and thoughts about other people too. Yeah. And superheroes like, tend to be allegories, like, like Greek heroes. Do. Yeah. Like they tend to be like allegories for whatever, like power corrupts or whatever. But I think Omni-Man, like the, the, the way that they took his character does something really different with it. Where instead of being like, wouldn't power corrupt, it's like, it, it, it's, like it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a commentary or like a metaphor, uh, like an allegory for like Western imperialism. I mean, basically, yeah. Like how like fucking like, like just imperialism in general, like with fucking, what, what, is it Western imperialism? Like Britain taking over the globe? Western imperialism oh. is, you know, of course, Britain like colonizing everywhere and yeah, also okay, America yeah. going everywhere and being the world police. And in, in a similar way to like where Omni-Man like takes a human wife. And he's like, I see her as a pet. That's how a lot of like, like post like Vietnam and post like the Korean war, a lot of like a lot of, uh, American soldiers would like, you know, start a family with, with women in countries that they're occupying and invading. I I also like that line though, because even though he says that, and it seems like he's being honest, like some, like the flashback too, it, it just seems like he's not. He's like saying that well, he's to trying try to and like trick both himself and Mark. Yeah, it seems also like like when people try to like justify their own racism. Yeah, where it's like, you know, the the slave trade happens. For example, you know, P- Europeans take slaves from Africa, and then they like backtrack and they're like, well, actually, you know, the the skull shapes are different, and so they're not actually people. Oh my god. So they Jesus. so they do all these like racism was invented to justify slavery to a degree. Like racism is yeah. has always existed, of course, but like mod like the modern incarnation of racism where it's like the skull shapes and the the IQ levels, like that's all just a justification yeah. for pre existing slavery the and the slave is trade. Change, but like the thing is always the same. Like before, like when like slavery first started, it was basically just like, oh yeah, like you're just working off stuff for me, <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, oh, they're not humans. What's the problem here? And then now it's like, ah, they're just you know, we got a supply and demand. Yeah, 
Amazon employees don't pee in bottles. <laughs> so anyway, watch the uh, what I almost said watch the boys. Also watch the boys, but also yeah. watch Invincible. It's a great show. Ten out of ten. Recommend it. Best show ever. Go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and then the last recommendation, unless you have any to add, is the bomb by Pigeon John. It's a song that uh, I saw it on a like a meme video for Invincible, but it's a pretty good song. The Spotify link will be in the description. Uh, if you listen, if you stream music on any other service, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a great song. Great, great high energy thing. Great. It's awesome. Do you have any recommendations, or do you want to just close out the show? You should give everyone you see a high five. Yeah, go lick doorknobs now that the. Now that COVID is canceled. Oh, I just wanted people to high five each other more. What the hell, man? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's the show. I think if one of us... That would be a cool idea. What? What? That wasn't that wasn't the uh, audio feed cutting out. That was, Jared just paused and he said the beginning of the sentence and then the end of the sentence, but no middle. I do that all the time on the podcast. Did you think my audio is just cutting out? No, no, I'm telling the listener. I'm telling oh. the listener that wasn't like a glitch. That was just you. No, it was a glitch. That was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of You to Say. If this is your first time here, uh, thanks for checking us out. Watch, listen to some more of our episodes. And, uh, you know, like, subscribe, comment, whatever your platform allows. Uh, share the show with a friend. Uh, if, you, if you know someone that you think would like the show, tell them. Uh, even if you don't, tell them anyway. Statistically speaking, if you tell everyone about the show, someone will like it. Leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube. Tell us what we were right about. Tell us what we were wrong about. You can also tweet at us. Our Twitters will be linked in the description. Uh, leave us a review on Podchaser. That's like an IMDb site for podcasts. Leave us a review there, preferably positive. Follow us on social media. That'll all be linked down below. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. Friend Jared on Steam and or Xbox. And, uh, of course, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Turn on notifications. Turn on automatic downloads. Also, share the Clips channel. We do. I, I, I put out clips of the show. Tweet those out. Get more eyes and ears on the show. And uh, thanks for watching. Jared, do you have a threat for them this week? Yeah. Be we sure haven't done a threat in a couple weeks because you haven't been on. I know. It's, he, the other one, we need to train him better. He's yeah. like a pet, you know? <laughs> but uh <laughs> he's in training we haven't got we, we we're in it's, it's in training <laughs> it's training week episode one alex and jared train jake episode two alex and jared train Jake. <laughs> <laughs> just I don't like the way you say oh that's not what i was thinking of the uh it's the it's like the thing from the show yeah you just hold the guy <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give the give the give the fine people a threat. Be sure to watch between the hours of nine a.m. or nine p.m. Our or official business hours. I will break into your house and eat all of your socks, the left ones, not the right. He has spoken. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night, viewers. I love you.